While You Were Folding, Episode 53, An Update and Three Favorite Things. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things and my real imperfect life. I've been a wife for 11 years and a mother for 10. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will talk about the ups and downs, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, this is, if not World Marriage Week, I know Sunday was World Marriage Day. I'm pretty sure it's World Marriage Week. Thank you so much for the gift of marriage, for the gift of this vocation to being a wife and a mother. I know most of my listeners are wives and mothers, and I know that I also have some listeners who feel this the real ache of wanting that vocation, but not having found the person to share it with. And I ask you to bring healing to the marriages that might be in a tough point, who might be struggling right now, that you can heal whatever needs healing, and to bring comfort and strength to those who are really wanting the vocation of marriage, but haven't been able to make it happen for whatever reason. And for all of us, for the stages that we're in, to bring all of us a spirit of contentment, to see the life that you've put in front of us, and to be obedient to whatever that is, and to find opportunities to serve the people that you've put into our lives, whether it be our spouse, our children, or the community that we're a part of, or our extended families. Give all of us a spirit of loving service so that we can bring your face, your love, and sanctity to the world. We ask these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, hello. It's been a while since I've been down to the basement studio to record an episode. I recorded a couple episodes ahead of time because last week my husband and I had a chance to go on a a week-long vacation to Jamaica. And holy cow, it was so wonderful to get to feel the sunshine. If you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm in Nebraska. And I do have to say, we have been absolutely spoiled rotten with the weather around here lately. It is super warm by Nebraska standards. This week, I think the average temperature is in the mid 40s. So I am not complaining. Compared to last winter, I think we had something like 52 inches of snow total, which was crazy (laughs) and really rough. But it's been gorgeous this winter, but going to Jamaica for a week where the average temperature was in the mid eighties was, it was just nice to feel the sunshine again because I've missed it. You might hear in my voice, I picked up a little bit of a cough or a cold 
on the plane, but I'm going to power through and hopefully you're not too grossed out <laughs> listening to me talk with a cold. Um, but it was so much fun. Philip and I had a great time. I think I read like six books <laughs> and Philip and I, that's our favorite way to vacation. Ever since we became parents, before we became parents, we said, why would anyone want to do a beach vacation? What's the point? And then we became parents and we realized, oh, this is actually amazing <laughs> to be able to sit by the beach and read books and have uninterrupted daydreams or even a spontaneous nap lounging by the ocean. Yeah. So it was all awesome. Great to reconnect with Philip and have lots of time to have uninterrupted conversation and just to catch up with each other. And I am still struggling with how to word this in a way that conveys what I want it to convey. But all of you listeners are so awesome that I know you'll understand what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> so prior to going to Jamaica, that was our first time going to Jamaica. Other times we've been to Cancun. We've stayed at a couple of different resorts there. And then our other vacations have been, with the exception of our honeymoon, our honeymoon, we went to Rome. And that's a whole different story. Um, other than that, we would do like a weekend getaway in Kansas City or once we went to Phoenix, but we've pretty much stayed nearby. Um, but it was really interesting after staying at some all-inclusive resorts in Mexico to have a totally different cultural experience in terms of what the hospitality looked like at this all-inclusive resort. And they were within the same chain of resorts too. So I think, I don't know, obviously it's a different country, but I think I had an expectation that it would feel the same to be there because the restaurant names were the same and so much of the branding and the materials all looked the same. But it was so interesting to me that... In Mexico, the staff at the resort had a totally different persona and energy versus the staff in Jamaica. And now I realize I'm talking about specific resorts. I have not met with locals in Mexico or in Jamaica, with the exception of a high school service trip in Tijuana for a day. So bear with me here. But um, I was just really struck by the staff at the two different country resorts. In Mexico, the staff, when you would see someone or walk by someone who worked at the resort, would always have a smile on his or her face, say hello, greet you, find out if you need a drink or if they can help you find something. And in Jamaica, the staff was also super friendly and really jovial, but not super, um, how shall I say this? Not going out of their way to find out how they could be of assistance. So, um, like for example, walking down the hallway at this resort, I came, Philip and I were walking back to our room after working out one morning and we came across, um, a female 
staff, she had just finished cleaning one of the guests' bedrooms and had come out and she had her huge cleaning cart and she was pushing it along. And I think in Mexico, if I had ran into the someone who had just finished cleaning a room, she probably would have stopped what she was doing, greeted us, and... I think a good word I would use would be maybe deferential. She would have been just trying to move the cart out of our way and saying hello. Whereas in Jamaica, the the woman pushed the cart by us and she let out a huge sigh and she gave this really exasperated face. And I said, oh, good morning. And she said, oh. I'm tired. And I was so struck by it because at first it surprised me. And I'm embarrassed to admit I had this feeling of, oh, like I'm at a resort on vacation. Like I would guess in the United States, part of staff training, if you were working at some sort of a resort, if you're in the hospitality business, one of the first things that you would be taught is have a smile on your face, find out how you can accommodate the guest. But I was also struck by thinking about what would it be like to be in the hospitality business in a culture where you are expected to repress your emotions and put on the happy face for the guest. The guest is always right. And to feel like you're almost being phony all day long. And what would it be like to be in a culture? And I got the sense that Jamaica was this way based on so many of my interactions with the staff throughout the week and the different drivers that we had going to and from the airport, that Jamaica gave me the sense that the culture does not have the expectation that you repress emotion, that you put your face out there, what you see is what you get. And there's not duplicity in what the person is thinking and feeling. And it was kind of refreshing. And it made me think, does a culture that has consistent, I guess I would explain it as, if you're not expected to put on the happy face in different situations and you just put out what you're feeling, if that leads to greater emotional health, or if the culture where you repress and put on the happy face as a mask when you're supposed to has greater mental health. Because you hear different studies that talk about if you want to be happier, you should smile more often because the more you smile, the more it encourages your brain to think that you actually are happy kind of the fake it till you make it kind of thing. But I would think there's also some truth to maybe you'd be happier if you're able to vent and express how you're feeling instead of repressing it. So all of you who are sociologists or have read up on these studies, I want to hear your insights into this because I was so fascinated by it throughout the whole time that we were there. I had just never been in any sort of a hospitality type situation, being on the receiving end of, there were countless times when we were at the restaurants at the resort 
And I'm not going to go so far as to say that the server was rude, but just didn't really care to make a connection or find out about us or, um, yeah, or ask any specific questions, whereas that was not our experience in Mexico and did not have lots of smiles directed toward us. It was just a totally different experience. And the other thought was, does it matter if in a, if you're in a culture similar to what we experienced in Mexico, where you're expected to be deferential, put on the happy face, or maybe you work somewhere where you're not able to express your emotions the way you're feeling them. But so long as you have someone in your personal life that you're able to do that with, if it matters as much. And I would think if you don't have someone in your personal life that you can share your feelings with it, that would make it harder. But yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I have been out of the working world for so long that I haven't had to feel like I had to share, hide my emotions from the people that I was with. And um, I think that would become really tiring and really hard and really difficult. So I'd love to hear all of your thoughts on that, all of your insights, and just hear what you think, or maybe you've noticed different cultural observations going to different parts of the world. But um, my overall impression, I just thought that Jamaica had such a beautiful way of, this is kind of a general attitude of, this is who I am, and I'm okay if it upsets you, and um I'm doing my job and that's all that I need to worry about right now. And it it initially it just um it was very disarming, but it was also very endearing. It became something that I appreciated by the end of the trip. So those are just some random thoughts because I don't just go on vacation and go on vacation. I have to have some big cultural observation (laughs) that I stew on the whole time. Um, Yeah. And then today is also our daughter Jane's 10th birthday. So in my introduction, when I talk about I've been a wife for 11 years now, I say that I'm a mother for 10. It's crazy to say that I have a 10-year-old now. That sounds so much older than nine I remember when I turned 10 talking about what a big deal it was, saying that it was double digits and I got my ears pierced that day and oh my gosh, it was such a big deal. But now I have a 10-year-old of my own and she was so adorable. Her dad um, works late on one day of the week and that was the day of the week that her birthday is on. So we decided to celebrate last night instead, and we had a horse-themed cake because Jane is all about horses right now, and she received gifts that definitely enable her love of art and all things horses and music and reading, and she told me she had a wonderful birthday. So, Jane, happy birthday I'm so proud of you and you are becoming such a wonderful, you've always been wonderful, but you have become such a, an inquisitive and you live life so deliberately and you're so creative and you bring so much joy to our family. And I'm so lucky that I get to be your mom 
And I'm so proud of you. Love you, honey. I um, got some feedback on last week's episode, and that was on a mother's rule of life person. And that was episode 52. Next week, I will release that episode that I'm recording with Philip about a mother's rule of life partner, talking about marriage and things that we've learned in our almost 12 years of marriage. Um, So that'll be next week. But this week, I thought I would just do a fun kind of quick one. But I got a really great question from a friend, and I haven't asked her permission to share her name with the question on the podcast, so I just will talk about the question in general. Last episode, I shared about my diagnosis with Sjogren's Syndrome, and I'll include a link in the show notes for anyone who's interested in learning more about Sjogren's. Um, Sjogren's, it's an autoimmune disease, and... The biggest things that I have going on with it are extreme fatigue and some joint pain and dryness in my eyes and in my mouth. And I got a really awesome, thoughtful text from a friend who didn't realize that I had been diagnosed with this autoimmune disease. And she wanted to know what she could do as a friend that would be a support for me. And I thought that that was so awesome of her and so powerful. And I will ask her permission if I can give her a shout out for next time. But um, I was just really struck by that. Because I think there's become a lot more awareness of autoimmune diseases in recent years. And I think that it's autoimmune diseases are often invisible diseases. It's hard for me to feel like it's a real disease in the world's eyes because there's not much that I can point to to show the world that I have something that's often really uncomfortable or painful going on. And it feels funny talking about it while I have almost no voice (laughs) as I continue talking. Um, But I think it's given me a lot of awareness about how there are so many different crosses that people are carrying that I have no idea about. And some of those are diseases. Some of those are losing a loved one. Some of those are trauma or abuse or addiction. And so many of those crosses are just invisible to most people. And unless you are in the inner circle of that person's life, you may never know the kinds of crosses that they're struggling with. So it's a good reminder to me to think about ways that I can reach out to my friends and family members who do have those invisible crosses to the outside world and to think of ways that I can be a support to them. So I gave a little thought to my friend's question And some general things that I thought of, I think it is so important when someone is carrying an invisible cross, just to check in and to ask how the person is doing with whatever the thing is from time to time. Because so much of the autoimmune stuff for me, it's, um, it's good to know that other people know you're battling something that the world doesn't see. And it's good to feel seen by being asked about it. 
to know that someone cares about the thing that you're struggling with. And if the friend is struggling with a cross that is a disease, um, I think if you want to be a support, you could find out what the worst symptoms are that they're struggling with and then think of concrete ways that you can offer help. So maybe it's making a meal or running an errand or maybe the friend needs to have their body strengthened in some particular way. You can if you have the time or availability, become an exercise buddy or even an accountability partner in that way. Or if she needs a pick-me-up and she has a hankering for a dark chocolate bar or something, or you know she's having a really tough time with something and you want to brighten up her day by maybe bringing her her favorite scented candle or whatever. Just think of a way to brighten her day. Um, those are just a couple of ways, but I think the most important thing for anyone who's carrying an invisible cross, if they've shared it with you, to ask about it and to remember to ask about it. I think the other invisible cross that I've been thinking a lot about lately is miscarriage. And Since I shared about my miscarriage back in 2012, when I miscarried Therese, that was our third pregnancy between our son Walter and our son Harry, I wrote about it right afterward on my blog at the time. And since then, I have shared my story with a lot of different friends. And I think it'd be good for me to dedicate a future episode on the topic of miscarriage. Um, But I think that is unfortunately, a very common invisible cross. And I think it is also an invisible cross that is often not shared with anyone other than sometimes not even someone's husband. And it's, that is, it, miscarriage remains still one of the hardest crosses that I've ever endured. But once you know about that cross of a friend, to be able to ask them about how they're doing and to continue to check in, oh my man, that's huge. Um, Yeah, miscarriage is a huge invisible cross. So I definitely want to dedicate a future episode to the podcast talking about that. Um, So yeah, invisible crosses, they're invisible to the world. And I think we don't, um, I felt weird talking about this diagnosis with Sjogren's syndrome because big picture, I am doing just fine health-wise despite not having a voice (laughs) this episode. And I feel so darn lucky to have this family and to be able to do life with them. Um, So it's been a struggle to have this autoimmune disease, but to live in the time that we do with the medical advances that we have and to have treatments and not treatments, but um, medicines available, it's definitely making life much more manageable with a condition that I think otherwise would have been very debilitating. So I appreciate my friend asking, and I hope that this encourages all of us, like it encouraged me to think about ways that we could help each other and to also be willing to receive help too. I think that that's a really, really important part 
of being a member of the body of Christ, that we're not always called to serve. Sometimes we're called to receive that love as well. So thank you, dear friend. You know who you are. That meant the world to me. Okay, so tonight for a quick topic, I thought it would be fun just to share three of my favorite things lately. So I'm just going to quickly go through them and I'll include links in the show notes. I'm not getting money or anything (laughs) for sharing about this stuff. Um, Okay, so the first one is food. Um, I, for a snack, my favorite evening time snack on the nights that I have snacks are pistachios in the shell, and I like the salt and pepper pistachios. And we've been getting the huge bags of them from Sam's, and we took a huge bag of them with us to Jamaica. <laughs> we just ate pistachios by the on the beach all day, and it was great. And then I love dark chocolate, and so um, Philip, he has started a keto diet, oh man, like two months ago. And he says that chocolate is keto, dark chocolate is. So he has a huge stash of dark chocolate bars. And we have discovered that lint dark chocolate is our favorite, L-I-N-D-T. And our two favorite flavors are intense orange and roasted hazelnut. I'll see if I can link to those in the show notes. Uh, So those are just fantastic. I love the pistachios because they have lots of protein and they're really filling. And they also, you are limited in how much you can eat because you are forced to slow down with the effort that it takes to shell these things. So I think that they're a fantastic snack for all of those reasons. And then the dark chocolate, they just have such, the lint dark chocolate is really creamy. And I like that the flavors of the orange and the roasted hazelnut, they're not too intense for my taste, even though the orange one is called intense orange. If you like orange, you'll love it. Um, But they're just a fun snack and you get the hit of chocolate without too much. Um, my second favorite thing I just happened across when we were in Jamaica, I was looking for some fun music to get ready to. And that's kind of a treat for me because I never play music when I'm getting ready because I'm always getting ready early in the morning and I don't want to wake our kids up. But every day when I was getting ready to go out to dinner at the resort, because I was on the beach all day long and then took the shower before we went out to eat at one of the restaurants, I uh, opened up Amazon Music, and maybe that should just be my favorite thing because we have gotten our money's worth out of that subscription on there. But if you have an Amazon Music account, they have lots of great playlists. And my favorite playlist that I listened to while we were in Jamaica is called Breezy Summer Classics. And oh my goodness, it has so many awesome songs. It had Otis Redding sitting sitting on the dock of the bay, Beach Boys, Doobie Brothers, Johnny Nash, Bruce Springsteen, Van Morrison. It was fantastic. So if you can find on Amazon Music, the playlist is called Breezy Summer Classics. And again, I'll see if I can link to that in the show notes. 
My last favorite thing, I think I talked about it on the last podcast episode. It's um, my new favorite podcast. Her voice is so soothing and she is just fantastic. Janet Lansbury. Her podcast is called Unruffled. And I'm just going to pop it up on my phone and read a little description. It says, each episode addresses a reader's parenting issue through the lens of Janet's respectful parenting philosophy. Janet is a respected parenting advisor, author, and consultant whose website, JanetLansbury.com, is visited by millions of readers annually. Her work informs, inspires, and supports caregivers of infants and toddlers across the globe, helping to create relationships of respect, trust, and love. And then it goes on to describe some of the other work that she's done. I love these episodes. Most of them, I'm going to scroll through here to see how long. They seem to average about 20, 25 minutes. And it does exactly what that description just said. It has a parenting issue and talking through what she thinks would be the best advice for how the parent should handle that issue. And I've been so inspired by her approach to parenting. I think I said on a previous episode that Janet Lansbury, she's kind of like a Mr. Rogers, a modern Mrs. Rogers, maybe, um, approach to parenting, that it's all about working with your child's emotions, helping them to recognize their emotions and not just to move on past them, not to steamroll them, but to teach them that it's okay to feel the emotion and what we do when we feel those things and how to work with them in a good, healthy way. So I, my only regret is that I took so long to find it and that I didn't have her podcast at my disposal when I started parenting, but she's been fantastic. And on my nightstand, I have her book, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and I can't wait to read it. So maybe I'll share a little bit about that one on a future episode. So those are my three favorite things, my snack, pistachios, and the lint dark chocolate bars. My second favorite thing was the Breezy Summer Classics playlist on Amazon Music. And my third favorite is Janet Lansbury Unruffled podcast. So that's all that I have for this week. Next time I'll have Philip come on the podcast to talk about the third P from a mother's rule of life, partner. And we'll just talk about what we've learned about marriage through trial and lots of error these almost 12 years. But I want to get in touch with you. I want to hear your thoughts on my cultural observations um, just about expressing or repressing emotion and what you think that means for our culture's emotional health. Or do you think it even matters? Do you think I'm reading way too much into this? (laughs) Um, And also the whole idea about invisible crosses and how you think a friend can be a help. And if you have any specific ideas that you want to share with the rest of the audience, that would be awesome. But also, I want to hear about your favorite things. Do you have any favorite snacks or music or something that you're reading or listening to? I want to hear all about it. As always, you can email me at podcast at 
You can find me on Facebook or Instagram, or you can send me a voicemail on Voxer. That's the free walkie-talkie app. Just search for Catherine Boucher. Um, keep Keep sharing the show with friends. The audience keeps growing, and I love hearing from all of you. I'll see if I can have time to share more feedback next time around, but um, I love hearing from you. I return all of your emails and messages, and I'm so grateful to all of you listeners. You are the reason that I keep coming down to the basement and recording, and I am really enjoying it, so thank you. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding. <laughs>